This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. Recently, Dave and I took a mid-September trip to fly fish in Yellowstone country. We flew into Bozeman, Montana and spent four days doing nothing but fly fishing. And eating good food. We can't, we cannot miss out on that. Why, of course. That's all part of the adventure. <laughs> now, in the three previous episodes, we talked about the first three days. We had a cloudy day in, on the Yellowstone in the park, a sunny day on the same stretch of river the very next day, and then a strange day on the Boulder River. Now, we knew that day four was going to be rainy, and we suspected that that might get some of the runners moving, you know, those browns that are heading up into uh, some of the rivers or streams to, uh, uh, to head to their spawning beds. And we thought the rain also might lead to some good uh, blue-wing olive hatches. So we decided to return to another favorite spot of ours, the Madison River near the mouth of the Bear Trap Canyon. That's uh, west of Bozeman. It seemed like a fitting place to end our trip. Once again, we'll tell you about what we saw, what we caught, what we talked about, what we heard, what we ate, and hopefully you'll pick up an insight or an idea along the way, and maybe it'll motivate you to plan a trip of your own to your favorite spot or even to Yellowstone country. There's really nothing like it. So what did we see, Dave? We awoke to, I think there was snow on the tops of the mountains. Yeah, there, there was. Uh, but it mm-hmm. was low-hanging clouds when we could see the mountains but low-hanging clouds and it was wet yeah it started out really raining right away and it wasn't a hard rain like you get in the midwest it just started sprinkling and it just got more and more heavy as the day went on picked up it really did so early in the day too we saw the the bright lime green uh uh what outside walls of the uh, fins and feathers fly yeah, shop that lime green that's right uh, we <laughs> stands st- <yes>. out <laughs> we stopped in to talk to our friend toby dave we've said that that's maybe our favorite fly shop in the world what, what is it that we like about his well shop? that day we liked because his uh what we really liked is the sale started one yeah. thing about fins and feathers and if you ever go to their website there's always closeouts yeah. mm-hmm. that guy understands toby understands sales and I, I mean a, a sale, not sales. He understands how to put on a sale. And every fall, there's these closeout sales. And sometimes they run all the way into the spring because they haven't, I'm sure they haven't cleared out all the gear. And you really get some good deals. Yeah, and you really I, do. So we, we popped in there uh, that morning. It was a Friday morning. And we're able to talk to Toby. Was that the morning we talked to Toby? Was it the yeah, next no, day? That yeah, was, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was, or, well, maybe not. They all run together. Maybe it was Saturday morning, the day we left. Uh, it all runs together. Yeah. We went there that day, though. But I remember asking the one of the guys who uh, runs the shop there. He's not Toby, but the guy who is often there, the older gentleman. And we asked him whether he thought that going to the Madison that day would be a good option. He said, absolutely. And so he pointed us to some, both sculpins and some, uh, what was the other thing? Kind of a crayfish yeah, a pattern, crayfish but it was pattern. a nymph, not a streamer. It was a it was nymph, not a, a streamer, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was great. So that was a great way to start the day. We also ate, 
we could talk about that later. But um, I think we yeah. stopped in for coffee at that shop. Right yeah, there, right? that's right, right across the the parking lot. And uh, yeah, Mama Max, Mama Max Bakery. So we yeah, we did that. Well, then we drove out towards the river. We we started to see rain. It hadn't been raining until we almost got to the river itself. You hit the Madison River at what's called uh, Black's Ford, and then we drive another what three, four, something like that, five miles to uh, uh, to the Warm Springs access. And you know, when we get to Black's Ford, and you're well, you're, you're you drive a little ways, and then you come to uh, the spot where uh, Johnny France, the Madison County Sheriff, captured the two mountain men. If you knew uh, know anything about that, uh, he uh, there was a couple guys, Dan, or I'm sorry, Don Nichols and his son Dan, who uh, kidnapped an Olympic biathlete, Carrie Swenson, back in 1984. And this was near Big Sky, Montana. She was out on a training run, and they held her for 18 hours in mid-July, and and uh, finally, uh, uh, wow, law enforcement caught up with them, and there was actually a, a shooting. Don Nichols, the dad, shot uh, one of the, the search party guys, uh, killed him, and then the young, the young son accidentally shot Carrie Swenson, and she survived, and she's a, uh, today she's a vet, a veterinarian in the Did, Bozeman Was one area. of her legs amputated because of that? No. No, it wasn't, but she had a she had a pretty close call, um, and, and she went back and competed. But it's uh, certainly been a, you know, it's, I think it's been a challenging uh, road for her. But anyway, the Nichols weren't captured until I mean that that was mid July. They weren't captured until mid December 1984, and it was on one of those kills, uh, you know, up above the uh, Warm Springs, right? Uh, yeah, but right before you get to Warm Springs, it's actually where there's the dirt road that goes up the other okay. side, and there's a yep, campground yep, yep. there. You actually cross the river, and right there, if you look up on the, the hillside to your right as you're heading west, so it'd be kind of the northwest side of the road, uh, you, you see the you know, somewhere in that, that area, the open hills is where he spot, somebody spotted them, and he went in and captured them. So anyway, I, I kind of noticed that as we drove in, and then... Then we got to the parking lot, and I thought that was interesting. It was almost empty, wasn't it? It was, it was essentially empty except for two uh, tr- boat trailers. Or, yeah. Uh, and so, so that's where they put in right there. Yeah. We mm-hmm. thought it would be p- not packed, but we definitely thought there would be three or four cars yeah. normally where we park before we start yeah. hiking. And it was completely yeah. empty except for those two trailers. Yeah, and then this is funny, too. Just as we're getting ready to leave our vehicle, two guys pulled up. I'd say they were, what, maybe 70-ish? Yeah, early 70s. And we had to laugh because that's a paved parking lot, and, man, they've, they've got the the parking spots all outlined in, in bright yellow. It looks like they had just striped the thing again. And, and you know, so there's all these open spots. Where did these guys park? I mean, right next to us. Not, Not even one spot yeah, down. I know, right next to us. And, <laughs> what? <laughs> and uh, they were they were nice Gosh. guys. They they asked us where we were going. Well, the first question was, yeah. well, so how far are you guys going? They asked if we were going any further or if we were going past the power line. I had to think, what power line? Oh yeah, I remember the power line. Uh, the little stretch of river we call the Rock Gardens. Right after that, we said, no, we're going up a little ways. So they. They were behind us for a while, and then they they fished, and so on we went. Hey, Steve, do you remember that they asked us? Oh, they asked us about our foot tractor wading boots. 
how much they cost, and whether we like them or not. Oh yeah, I didn't hear that part. I was I We're was up in ahead, front of you, yeah. and man, we had to walk through some some rather thick stuff, and it was you know it was dripping wet. And yeah, by this time it the rain was coming mm, down. Yeah. So one of the great things you have such a great eye for seeing wildlife in the wild, and you spotted that grizzly bear a few days earlier way up on that ridge and there was this steve spotted this beautiful bald eagle oh, yeah, perched right. on it what was it? it was a high tree wasn't it hmm, yeah and this thing was so stark i oh, mean the yeah. white was so white and the dark brown was so dark it was almost black and it looked so majestic yeah. it was unbelievable with the river and the rain coming down it was really a gorgeous sight yeah, really was. Well, let's talk about what we caught, and this shouldn't take very long. No. Actually, it's well, it's it's what Dave caught. So, so we we hiked up to this place that Steve, you know, loves. This is a place in the spring where Steve has just killed it. You've also had done really well in the fall, a couple times, yeah. Mm-hmm. But this year, the river, uh, it's just so weedy because they've had so much rain yeah. and things just haven't died off both on the uh, on the banks and just the river. It was just really weedy. Yeah, yeah, it really was. But we got to this favorite spot and I remember thinking, okay, I need to l- remind myself about all the podcast episodes that I've talked about, which is look before you start wading into the river. And I remember that there's this nice little channel right as you step into the river, right close to the to the bank and the one where we've caught most of our fish is the next channel out probably maybe another 10 yards 15 yards Mm -hmm. but i paused and i thought okay note to self look at where this run is right here against the against the bank it wasn't right up against the bank but it was you had to kind of see it you could see that there was a, a little channel there so on my third cast and i was using that um that nymph that really is a um, a crayfish. Yeah. And I think I was dropping like a beadhead prince or something like that. But all of a sudden, this fish, it was a brown trout, hit that thing and immediately headed for the middle of the river. And I thought, okay, I have three tippet knots in here. I forget why I had so many. I was trying to <laughs> save my leader. And I thought, really, my first thought was, I am never getting this fish in. <laughs> he, and I, the thing, literally, the reel screamed. That's how I've not had that. Really. Yeah. I'm not trying to remember the last time I've had something like that. And after fishing, after catching those cutthroat, it was you know, such two days a different before. experience. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my. And so that thing really, literally headed towards the middle of the river. It was out probably 40 yards. And I thought, I'm not getting this thing back. And all of a sudden, it. I got to the end of my, I finally got, you know, I got all that slack up, and I w- it was fighting against the reel, and I turned him, and it started coming back towards towards shore almost as fast as it went out, <laughs> and I could I could barely keep up. It was the craziest fight wow. that I've had on a brown trout. That thing was huge. I finally yeah. netted it. I think it was what? How big do you think that thing was? It was nineteen twenty inches. Yeah, it was yeah, just a, was, had that nice. It was fat, and it yeah. had that hook in the you know the top. Yeah, of its the back. old hook jaw. Yeah. yeah, it was just man, it was a really nice fish. It really was. So the third cast of the day, I caught this yeah. probably was the biggest fish of the trip. Yep. 
It was. And then we caught nothing for the rest of the day. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I, I didn't. I don't remember having a strike. You know, if if I had a strike, I didn't notice it. It was. We went all really the way up. Slow. We went a long ways. We up. did. We went a ways up because we kept thinking well, we're going to run into some fish that are feeding on betas, but there were no betas yeah. coming off the water or no blue wing olives, and. Yeah, that was surprising. I, I, I do remember walking out quite a ways. There was a, there was a, a run about three quarters of the way across the river, and the Madison right there is fairly shallow as it comes out of the Bear Trap. So I, I walked across, and of course the the bottom too is is just more sandy gravel. It's uh, there's no big rocks or anything, and you've got some weeds, but. I was surprised because I'm not a risk taker, and I walked quite a ways. And then as I got closer to that run, like okay, it's getting, it's getting a little swifter, and I'm not going any further. Yeah, so I, I kind of had fun. I made some really long casts. I mean, they were probably 60, 70, you know, feet. I mean, I it was, uh, yeah. I mean, it was 30, 35 yards anyway, and I know those distances pretty well because of, of bow hunting, and so probably it was more like 80, 90 feet, and I. I was getting it out there. It was kind of fun. Huh. I almost came out there with yeah. you, and then you you turned back. I was thinking, yeah. he's just going to kill it out there, and I'm going to be missing out. <laughs> yeah, that's so right. So I was planning to actually hike or not hike out there, but wait out there. Yeah. And I, then you turned back and came back. Yeah, you also just, weren't catching anything. No, so. just, just nothing. And then we so. hiked up a ways, and the rain, again, it started out light, and yeah. then it just got just heavier. steady, yeah. Yeah, and by the time we got as far as – you know, as far as out as we had hiked, yeah. man, I was soaked. Oh, yeah. I started to get chilled Wet a little chilled. bit. We had good rain gear on. We had our waders, but it was just... It just was You know, chilled. I think walking in those those really tall willows, there was a lot of brush. I couldn't believe how much stuff had grown up along the trail that was still there with leaves on it. So, you know, we were getting water that I know was running down our necks and... Yeah, even if you have your hood up, I mean, you, we just got wet and it was cold. So we did what good fly fishers do. We said, "This is it. This is yep. let's call it a day." Let's call it a day. Yep. So what do we talk about, Dave? You remember? I think we. I remember one conversation just talking about the challenges of fly fishing. Thinking just about that day, right? You yeah. hike up that mm-hmm. far. You have one fish after what four hours, yeah. maybe. You know, you're in the rain, you're cold, and just how hard it is to overcome that first hump that you need to get over in terms of fly fishing. I had a networking group this last week that I was a part of, and there was a, a, a woman who was probably middle-aged who said she had just started fly fishing, and she all she talked about with, was casting. And I thought to myself, ugh, you have not even begun yet to learn about fly fishing because casting yeah. is really the mm-hmm. easiest thing. Yeah, and and the reason why is that it's because it's there's just so much to learn, and then just when you think you learn it, you have a great day. You have two or three days in a row in which you catch nothing, and reading the river, knowing the river, knowing what time of year it is, when to fish nymphs, when to, you know, it's just fly fishing just is. You know, it, again, it does take a lifetime of, of, of study, and it's it, that's why I love it is because every time you go out, you have the possibility of having a banner day. You also have the possibility of catching nothing. You know, we, we talked, too, about the changes that we've seen in the Bozeman area. I mean, Bozeman has, since I moved from Bozeman, you know, it's been over 13 years ago, the population has doubled, really, in a decade. 
and and the crowds in Yellowstone, even in September, um, yeah, it's you know, and, and the whole Yellowstone that. ecosystem and, and the Bozeman area, I mean, it, it drives up prices of hotels. I mean, even Gardner, I thought, wow, these are these are summer prices, you know, and it's mid September, right, late exactly. almost late September, and yeah, that's just a. Uh, Bozeman is, has been kind of discovered. The nice thing is you can still find places, water that's remote, but you have to work harder than you used to. You do. I, a year ago when we were out, almost the same week, I took my son Corey out to visit Montana State University. Uh, he's now at a different college. He's at Taylor University in Indiana. But I took him out there hoping that he'd go out there. But uh, the day of the the day of the, of the visit, we were with a cohort that they – so there's probably 30 of us that did a tour, maybe 20 of us. So there's moms and dads or just a dad or just a mom with their son or daughter. I can't tell you how many of those folks were from Colorado. Really? In Colorado, huh. I'm serious, like over yeah. half. Huh. And I realized Colorado's gotten so packed and now it's so competitive to get into CU Boulder, CSU, um, and even maybe CSU Denver, CU Denver. That there's that people are coming to try to get their kids into Montana yeah. State University. Yeah, and that school is is about at capacity. It's I think the enrollment there is as high as it's ever been. Yeah, it's so. amazing. So it, it it's hard it's hard to see your favorite place yeah. all of a sudden become the next great place, and it yeah. it just kills prices. Yeah, it does. going flying into Bozeman's more expensive. Uh, it's just, it's just change. I guess yeah. living with that change and being okay with it. Yep. Just a good reminder that there are key times of the year, maybe even later in October yeah. and early in spring, which there are some great times to catch fish, is maybe still the best time yeah, to go. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, we talked, too, about how fast a trip goes. My goodness, we you know, we fished for four days, and we fished hard, but uh, it's like, wait. Man, the next thing is, you know, you're leaving. Yeah, this is over. All the All the prep work that we did for this and all the... All the prep work you did for this. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well and all the dreaming, you know, you, you think, oh, man, you know, in three months we're going to be out there fishing. and Two months, and two one months, month. And, and all of a sudden, like, yeah. hey, what happened? It's yeah. it's over. It's over. It's over. Yeah. You're driving back to the airport. Yeah. yeah, we also talked a lot about, and we often, you know, thinking about the different decades of our lives, looking at the next decade of our lives, which at the end of the next decade of our lives uh, hopefully we'll be, you know, retired. We will never retire. I will never retire. Uh, I'll always be doing something, starting right. something. Same here. Maybe I'll mm-hmm. be running a fly shop near you someplace. But um, you'll be running the fly shop. I'll come in and buy flies and say, "Hey, see you, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> I'll let you know how the river's fishing. You can I'll put this you on your report. Price. I'll charge you yeah. four dollars a fly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like that guy from and the I'm previous say to you, Oh, come on. <laughs> You'll, you'll say, oh, the, but these are hand-tied. These are and I'll hand say, tied. Dave, the ones I tie are hand-tied. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but just talking about you know what what's left to be done in the next decade of work. Yep, that's right. And even, you know, what, what's it going to look like for, for our fly fishing for the next decade? You know, I think one thing we've talked about is while there's fun and in exploring, discovering new water, I think both of you and me want to get just get back to some of the same familiar places and and yeah, kind of take our knowledge and and see if we can maybe do better than a previous time or or at least to try to replicate some of those days. Every day is different, but yeah, I don't know. It's not 
not even so much about just finding new water, but just going back to some of the old familiar places that really, uh, I guess, have a real soft spot or a warm spot in our hearts. Well, there's know? something to me that feeds my soul when I go to those places. Oh, for sure. I did a lot of traveling when I was younger, both with my when I worked at, at a publication and traveled, and then also you know, I've been to Russia four times and Mexico, and I, I just have I've traveled enough to where I'm like, that piece of it is just not that interesting. To yeah, me. no. And so these places where we have found great fishing, it's not just the fishing. It's the it's the environment. It's the setting. It's the knowledge of the river. I think we'll continue to fish those places. We have some of those places in southeastern Minnesota, obviously also in Wisconsin, which uh, which we fish probably more often yeah. because of mm-hmm. because of where we live, but. Uh, yeah, as I see the next decade of fishing, I don't see it changing greatly. Do you? No, no, I really don't. We'll yeah. fish some new rivers, like yeah. fishing the Boulder this year was was mm-hmm. new. Uh, fishing the Madison in the fall was new. Often we'll fish Willow Creek. We'll go back down to West Yellowstone and fish to Madison around mm-hmm. there. Uh, we didn't even fish the Gardner this year. No, no, we didn't. It was uh, everything else was so good, and we knew that we might stumble into a run or two, but. Um, yeah, that that's more of a mid-October. That, that's when that thing gets yeah. really, really good. So it was it was an interesting day, wasn't it? Kind of a rainy day, but yeah. I but I, I really enjoyed it. Maybe because that's the first three days were were really good fishing, and I didn't feel like you know day four owed us anything. No, and it I, really didn't. I've just had experiences too where rainy days it seems like they're either great or they're terrible. Yeah. And we just didn't see any hatches. I mentioned that already. And then remember the next day we went back to the fly shop and, and talked to the guy who, who had said, yeah, it might be pretty good out there. And we said, man, we just didn't run into anything. He was, you know what? That's everybody who was out on the lower Madison that day said the same thing. They just didn't see, you know, any insects hatching. And yeah, yeah, that's, that's just the way, just how it goes. So what are some things that we heard that day that stand out? Well, the warning uh, from the fly, the uh, one of the clerks at the fly shop at Fins and Feathers. Oh yeah, last words as we're literally walking out the door. He goes, "Watch out for those slithery things." Oh, great, yeah. <laughs> referring to me. the rattlesnakes. Yeah. And even though it was chilly, he said, even though it's chilly, it was like sixty degrees, yeah. I think, and rainy. He said those rocks above uh, Warm Springs there. There's just so many rattlesnakes, especially in the summertime. Yep. It was just a good reminder about where we were, you know, I know. what we were walking and through. And that trail, which, you know, I've I, I've seen, I saw a guy kill a rattlesnake right there, just, you know, within 50 yards of the parking lot, right on that trail. And, man, the, the brush was growing up. Those big, those willows, whatever that, whatever they were. Uh, were so high and it was thick and I, I did that kind of made me uncomfortable walking through there because yeah. I thought I'm, I'm having to focus on pushing my way through I, I want to be watching my feet yeah you're focused so, on your fly yeah, rod that was, right it's kind of now we had waders on so it's not yeah. like we were you know with tennis right. shoes or something but yeah. still yep and and had our waiting side my waiting staff out to but yeah still it's kind of unnerving hey then later that day when we uh actually it was the next day oh yeah it was the next day when we got gas 
in Bozeman. Uh, it was an interesting conversation, wasn't it? There was a you, you tell about that because so, you were the one who initiated that. So we were stopped to fill up the the truck, and uh, so I was filling up the truck, and I looked over across the street, and there's this what ostensibly looked like a a homeless woman who was there with a sign saying she needed money for gas and holding a large. It looked to be was it a ten gallon or was it a five yeah, it was like gallon a five gallon, five I gallon think. gas yeah. can? Uh-huh. So I waved to her and told her to come on over. So she came over and I filled it up, and we started talking to her. So she had virtually no teeth. Yeah, and we started talking to her, and she's telling her story that she's on the road going to Oregon for a for a memorial service or a funeral service. And they were basically, I think they were camping in the park right across from the gas station. Yeah, it's a Walmart parking lot, which, you know, those of you who do RVing know you can stay free in a Walmart parking lot. So So I don't know what, we never did see what she was. Was it just a car or what it was? So, you know, we had this really short conversation, but really wonderful conversation. I was amazed just how energetic and, you know, happy she was. Here she is. She looked destitute and she's you know panning for begging for uh, gas so anyway fill up the gas she's very grateful she walks back across the street and i'm thinking she's going to head back to the trailer or the car or whatever she and her husband or boyfriend or whoever and no she's back there she has a full tank of now a full gas or can of gas and she sets up again asking for money yeah yeah <laughs> i thought oh my uh, wow <laughs> I know, and I saw somebody you know drove by, stop and get out and give her some a bill. So, but you know, the, in that moment, I thought, you know, I, it just hit me how good my life has yeah. been. And I know people say, well, you shouldn't have given her any money, and I'm like, no, really, my life is so good. Yeah, I'd rather I can do that. And I'd how rather she err used... on the side of generosity. Absolutely, and, and let her decide what to yeah, do with the money. People who are in those situations, there's, there's just so many complicating factors that it's it's more complicated than saying, well, they just need to get a job. Yeah, there's there can be some truth to that, but. Yeah, that was, was a uh, great end of the trip. I thought it was. Um, yeah, it, kinda, it really was. It kind of brought us back to yeah. reality from oh. four great days of yeah, fly fishing. It really did. Well, hey, we capped it off that final night then by uh, eating at Columbo's Pizza. Always have to do that when we're in Bozeman. Yep. Uh, yeah, Miss Joe Columbo. He's uh, the the guy that started it. He died of cancer. I think earlier this year, and his his daughter runs the place now. So we had a little yeah. visit with her and. Uh, some good pizza and then and that pizza felt good after being completely oh, man. drenched oh i know it oh man I, we had our waiters on so obviously below you know with where we had our waiters on but my upper body my rain jacket it sheds water i, I was drenched yeah. by the time i yeah. got back uh, i was too well, we kind of had fun that night too because we went back to uh, our hosts uh, my uh, my uh, daughter's uh, in-laws and uh, we watched a football game on television with them, and it was kind of fun because it was uh, uh, my three of my kids' alma mater, and then uh, uh, my son-in-law played football there. Yeah, his dad was coaching, and so we. Uh, this is Manhattan. They played Missoula. Uh, well, I think Missoula Loyola, 
And, you know, this is Class B, and I, I was surprised that they televised it, even more surprised that it was such good coverage. I mean, they were showing replays, yeah, weren't they? Yeah, it was really like, good. They don't do that at, no. even at our high school yeah. for us. We have no Jumbotron. Yeah. You do at Libertyville. Well, they rented one one year just for homecoming game. Oh, man. Uh, that was that was so important to have that. <laughs> it was kind of fun. But, uh, but, yeah, so we just sat there and watched a high school football game and, you know that was that was nice. It's man, we we both love to fly fish, but but all those other little things that make a trip are are pretty cool as well. So the the fun doesn't stop when you get off the water. Um, so I guess you'd say all in all, it was a good day. Uh, although rainy days can be good for fly fishing, they're they're never the most pleasant for fly fishers. Plus, other than the one that you caught, the big lunker, we just didn't do anything at all. I don't know about you, Dave, but when I got home, I was glad to be home. But, man, I missed our trip more than some of the others. I, I just wanted to go back. I just I love that country. And, you know, no inclination of, oh, i got to move back here. I, I understand what life is like and the fact that uh, that our lives are more than fly fishing. But, boy, I was yeah. I was ready to turn around and go back and do that again <laughs> well fortunately you get to do that again you're going back here in another couple yeah, weeks. yeah that's right I've, I've got to be in portland and my trip was paid to portland so i just added a, a flight from portland to bozeman i'm gonna uh, fish uh, with another friend there for just three days yeah, but you you, uh, you abandoned me steve well i invited you you <laughs> you refused me dave i'm i'm hurt by that i had to go to north dakota and hunt <laughs> yeah pheasants. i know bummer somebody yeah. had to do that, yeah, that, somebody that sounds has like to do that. You'll, you'll be having fun so <laughs> anyway yeah I'll, I'll do that for three days and maybe you'll get into some runners up in the gardener but it's, it's just a great so. place yeah. yeah it was a great place well um before we go, we, we want to remind you about uh, uh, our feature that we call Great Stuff from Our Listeners. And I guess if we're going to do that, Dave, we need some great stuff, right? We do need some great stuff. And as you know by now, we stopped our weekly podcast and weekly article back in uh, late August. And so we just haven't had a lot of comments since then. So uh, we'd love to hear from you, and so when we do our next batch uh, of episodes, whenever that may be, we'll add that feature back in. Great stuff from our listeners. All right, so I think that'll do it for today. Hey, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing, the reunion tour is complete. <music>